Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me today, I've got my brother, my buddy Sean, and his brother Shane. And we're going to sit and talk about our plans for tomorrow's hunt. It is elk camp eve, and we are all fired up. We're ready to go. We hadn't, haven't seen any elk at the point of this recording, but as soon as we finished up, I'm going to give you guys kind of a follow-up to this podcast already in the intro. Right after we got done recording, we went out to scout. Now, me, my brother, and Nick, we went way to, to the north end of where we typically hunt. And we got up there, and as soon as we got off the four, actually before we got off the four-wheeler, I look over, and there's elk. And I'm talking like 250 yards away elk. We stayed there, hung out, and saw a bobcat right after that, got some cool video footage of it, and then we saw our first bull and a bunch of other cows. So lots of good news for the final scouting session before season actually opens. But... For now, we're going to jump into this episode and chat all about it, and we're going to hear Sean and Shane's tips for my brother with it being his first elk camp. So, let's jump in. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. Now, on the show, we're sitting in my wall tent. I've got my brother, Josh, Sean Lashinsky. What's up? And Shane Lashinsky. How's it going? And we are going to be talking about elk camp, what our plan is for tomorrow. It is elk camp eve tonight. And we're, we just got sighted in. Josh and I went and shot, made sure everything was zeroed at 200 yards. That way we can make easy adjustments. And we're about to... This isn't going to be a long podcast because we're about to go up and do some scouting again tonight. So, what are you guys thinking? I mean, I know everybody's excited. I'm stoked. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's it like, it still feels unreal, honestly. It's going to feel way crazier once you see an elk for the first time. Even just sighting in, pulling that trigger. Just like, oh, yeah. Yep. It's at, here. As always happens, I get a big buck during daylight right in front of my trail cameras. Just got a giant whitetail on my home property, but I'm not even concerned about it right now. He'll hopefully still be there when I get back. But for now, we're chasing elk. So, Sean, what are you doing in the morning? Um, uh, My daughter's only here for a day, so uh, I think I'm going to go to one of my little honey holes and drop in early and just swing for the fences tomorrow i got yeah. one day to get her one and uh getting her one is way better than me shooting one this year so if i can get her one tomorrow that'd be a huge success yeah i mean you guys will do it up there where you're headed i mean you're headed to the area i've killed all three of my bulls they've all been i mean a yep. mile less than a mile from each other and everybody sees elk up there i mean how many times 
I don't have you guys ever hunted here without pulling an elk out of that area? No, that's that that part of this unit is exactly why we're here. Yeah. That's where I killed the first one 11 years ago. And that's the reason we picked up camp where we were and moved over to this part of the unit and been hunting here ever since. So I think in 11 years, we've killed a good pile of them out of there. For sure, we get a few every year. And how long are you guys staying full season, all of second rifle? Yeah, all the way to Saturday, the following Saturday. Yeah, Nick and I have to be back, so we're going to bounce out early. I think Josh has to be back, so we're going to bounce out early. But I think that in the days that we're here, we're all going to get opportunities. And and Shane, you're not really lugging anybody around this year. No. Normally, you've got a whole side-by-side -side full of people that are ahead of you on the in the order of shooting. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm about on the top now. But yeah, it's yeah. been a long time. That <laughs> yeah. just means for me. That just means we can't hunt with you because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go any farther down the list. Yeah, yeah. The one daughter, she had a baby, so she couldn't make it up, and the boys got homecoming, so he didn't want to come up. So just me this year. Kind of nice. Kind of nice, but wish they were here also. Yeah. What's your plan for tomorrow? I'm gonna run them up to where they're going, and then I'll probably get up on that peak, the very north end, and just. Do some glassing, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad his kids aren't here. <laughs> my four-wheeler had a hole in the tire when we pulled it out of the camper. Dang. And we went everywhere in town today, and nobody can get one until five business days. Jeez. So uh, Shane's going to help me get around this week. Yeah, that's fine. Dude, I think, I think we're going to get it done. I think we're going to have bulls on the ground early. There's a couple new hunters this year. Tubby's boy's out here. Yep. His buddy's out here. Is he hunting? No. Nope. No, nope, he's just pack meal. I don't think I've even seen him yet. Oh, he's around. Yeah, I mean, they kind of have their little secluded corner in camp. Yeah. You can barely see him they, over there. They always do. Yep. They always hang out back behind one of the tents, and I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a good year for first-timers and a good year for some of the vets, and hopefully we're packing out meat for <laughs> – the last few days that we're here that's always kind of the goal like i like to i like to kill early and then just help other people get on them yeah last year it worked out well <laughs> hopefully this year it works well, out well then you owe everybody in camp no i don't i helped pack out five bulls last year well that's what i mean is after everybody's helped you carry yours out then you owe it to everybody else to move pay forward and move meat where are we sitting right now me and you <laughs> I think we're almost even on everything, huh? For what? Packouts. Oh, I've carried way more of yours out. Than <laughs> no, you haven't. Carried mine. You've carried. You've carried. Oh yeah. Th yeah, three um, of mine out. Hold on, I I've carried. We were just talking about elk. I didn't know you were going to bring up the moose and the mountain goat. Yeah, and all the other yeah. adventures. I think we're, <laughs> we're three even. and three, or no? Yeah. You've killed two when I've been with you. No, uh, moose, a mountain goat, and an elk. Is that then, it? Only yep. one elk? Was that the, was that the one uh, just below the cliff? Yep. That's the only one, yep. huh? Yep. I thought for sure. Yeah, I guess I can't think of a, another elk that I've been with you to help pack out. I think Thad owes you about 85 pack outs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Is he coming? Yeah, he'll be here tonight, late tonight. Oh, okay. He's not hunting, though. He's just going to. He's just hanging he out. He tore his MCL like two weeks ago playing softball, so. Dang. He's just going to hang out. Your family and injuries, right, before elk season, man. That's just not good. I know it. But, yeah, it's going to be good. Josh, you and I, we've got to decide where we're going in the morning. 
Yeah. But if you're flying solo up there and you're dropping those two off and they're going to drop in, it might not be bad for us to get up and scout because if you guys go around that north point, we might end up going up into the bowl if we see one that's, up there. That's a, I was going to say, Shane, what tags do you have? Just a bull tag. Um, and that's what you have, too? Uh, and a bear. And a bear. Yep. So, yeah, between, b between our crew with but, Nick coming and doing cameraman stuff, I mean, we would have three bull tags and a bear tag. And, I mean, there's plenty of elk up there. I don't think, aside from the first one that I shot, I don't think I've had an opportunity at an elk where there weren't more than one bull or where there wasn't more than one bull. Yeah, we might catch them in Hunter's Hole, too, from the backside of that hill. Yeah. In that bowl. That's, hey, that's, that's what I was going to say there. is if you just stay on top there, if you, if you hunt that in the morning and in the afternoon – if you were there every morning, all week long, I know you'd kill an elk. With with how wet the uh, spring and summer were, I've heard that the elk are going to be bedded down more. They're not going to be on their feet as much. They've got food everywhere. And uh, so that might change things up because we, we see them on their feet at all times of the day. It's insane how many times I've seen them, like, middle yeah. of the day. Yeah, 10 or 11, it's not unheard of to just all of a sudden see dozen of them walking around i think last year the one i shot was at like 2 p.m yeah but you put them to bed yeah they uh there were there were a lot of elk on their feet that day a lot of them bedded down i think i was just catching catching all the ones that were getting up and adjusting in their beds but i also had a bugling bull last year i mean he was just ripping so and and they still could could be. It's not cold enough yet to have shut them off there. Yeah. There's very high likelihood of hearing some elk bugle this week. Now, is it like with whitetails where different age cows will come into heat at different times during the season? I, I'm not really sure about that, but uh, what I've heard is uh, if they don't get bred the first time, they will come back into heat oh, 21 really? days later or something like that, 20-some days later. So it's kind of a second rut, and, um, but also I think the bulls are still just fired up. They're still full of testosterone, and they're yeah. they're gonna bugle and scream until it gets cold and shuts them down a little bit. Nice. I think the winter kind of is the real. Once the snow gets here, is the real end of the rut for them. Okay. I, I granted the rut's really over, but I mean yeah. they they just still full of testosterone. They're still amped up and they're. They're not fighting and doing all that, but they'll bugle and they'll kind of. I've seen them square up and and uh, kind of tussle a little bit, but it's not, not a full a, on. Yeah, it's not full on. Not ready. a death fight. They're just kind of sparring and messing with each yeah. other a bit. So, um, but also this season got pushed back a couple years ago, and and some of that stuff I guess is probably I haven't seen it since that happened. We're now a week later than we traditionally were. So a lot of that was probably before that happened. Yeah. We, we've we had some cold nights here, so that could be enough to shut them down, really. They're yeah, Josh, Josh how cold was it last night? It got pretty cold. <laughs> uh, no well, one else would stoke the fire, so I'm sleeping. Because we were all warm. Furthest away from the fire. I was fire, sweating. I opened my window. I was so right warm. Right on the corner, <laughs> and I have this little walmart sleeping bag <laughs> and i woke up and i was shivering and i just i laid here and i my first thought was 
maybe Dan and Nick are cold and one of them are going to get up and stoke it. And I laid <laughs> here for a bit. Nobody moved and I got up. Had to do that five times throughout the night, every two hours. Dude, next time, just put your cut right here. Uh, that's in what the I said. Middle. I should have put it right here next Yeah, just dude, I can, it I can trade spots with you. I've got no problem with that. Get you a little bit closer to the fire. Yeah. yeah Dan opens yeah. up his window because he was too hot. No, I opened up my window because it wasn't actually because I was too hot. It's because I woke up and I smelled something like plastic burning or some type of material burning. And. Josh said that this morning when I asked him, he said he put this old gray chunk of firewood in and it just smelled terrible, like uh, something was off with it. But it was already burning by that time. There's but it smelled doing. really bad. So I, that's why I opened my window. I'm like, I don't know what kind of fumes are in here right now, and I don't want to be sleeping, breathing that in. Well, I told Dan I'm just going to set an alarm for an hour 50 minutes <laughs> on the dot tonight and just wake up early and keep it going so you should be good i gave you that backup sleeping bag yeah. that's gonna help quite a bit yeah so dan had two sleeping bags the whole time <laughs> <laughs> the dumb and dumber right yeah, yeah, dumb and dumber. the rocky mountains yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i'm gonna kill you harry your hands are freezing <laughs> what uh what advice would you guys give like to josh i mean with him being a first timer you guys have obviously been here hunting a long time. First of all, I just don't want to hear about that fire no Tell more because I didn't even have one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not our fault, though. <laughs> no. I didn't no. give away my wood stove so that I didn't have one myself. All right, guys, I've got to tell you about some of the new XOP products that I've been using this fall, and some of them I use in kind of an unconventional way. First off, I use the Mondo saddle, but I also use their turkey hunter vest, and I take the Cold World stand, put it in the back of the vest, and carry it in that way. Depending on how far I have to pack in, I'll just bring a foot platform, but one thing I've learned is that if I put the seat cushion on the underside of the seat and flip it up, it turns it into a knee pad also, or I can flip the seat down and sit on it like a conventional tree stand. I also used their holster kit clipped right onto my saddle to carry in my climbing sticks while keeping my hands free. If you're interested in getting a mobile hunting setup like mine, go to xopoutdoors.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. All right, guys, here are a few quick tips to help you increase your deer encounters this fall. A lot of people like to set up on an area because they found a scrape or a rub. But I'm telling you, you need to put more of the puzzle pieces together. If you can find a scrape line or a rub line, especially one that comes to or from water, bedding, or a food source, that is going to tell you a lot of deer are using it and not just one nocturnal buck. Also, don't be afraid to take the day off from hunting and do a scouting mission instead. If you can set up from a distance and glass the area that you're hoping to hunt, you might see exactly where the deer are coming in and out without just walking in and randomly setting up in a tree hoping that a deer comes through. And if you want to save money on the right optics to get the job done right, head over to eurooptic.com and use code NOMADIC10 at checkout. Now, let's get back to the show presented by Vortex. <laughs> um, I would just stay out of my area wherever I'm going 
You don't want to be anywhere near it. Yeah, you don't want to have to put down a wounded bull and <laughs> away. I don't want to have to shoot the biggest bull right in front of Shane or Sean. <laughs> if you shoot one out from underneath me, that'd be awesome. You better hope the follow-up shot hits him somewhere because yeah. he's coming for you. Yeah, make sure you're in good cover. For I'm just kidding. Uh, man, uh, they're, they move in the morning for sure in the evenings. And I think best thing to do is fight them in the evening and then be on top of them in the morning and put yourself on a good vantage point where wherever they're trafficking, you've got a good idea of you can see where they're at and you can see what's in front of them. Because here, a lot of times those those vantage points are further away than I want them to take a shot, but I'm going to use that to locate them, run in front of them and cut them off and generally... It, here you can pattern them pretty well wherever they're bedding and wherever they're feeding they're pretty typical path every afternoon every evening okay. certainly some curveballs and with some weather coming in this week there's definitely going to be some changes with what they're doing typically but including new elk coming in this is one of the migration where the migration comes to is travels to this part of the state so uh if we get some weather tomorrow, by Monday, Tuesday, we're going to have whole hundreds of elk that haven't been patterned in this yeah. area, in this part of the state at all. So there's some curveballs out there, too. But I, I generally just try to see what they're doing, see if they're repeating themselves. And then if so, just getting on a hill and a good vantage point above them. And if they're in range, and shoot them from there. And if not, I'm going to use that to find a route to get out in front of them. And put myself in the best position to cut them off. Hopefully a choke point, something somewhere where I can be in a little cover and catch them in the open. Yeah. Shane, what about you? Man, where, I don't know. Wherever you can get the side-by-side side to <laughs> cut them no, off. Shot cover to get, but, uh, yeah, just like you said, in the morning they were usually moving. You can pattern them. I mean, we got a pretty good idea where they go. Yeah. You know, we've been up here long enough, and, and you've been up here long enough, too. So just try to get in front of them, see where they're going, get in front of them, get to where you can get a good vantage point, shoot them. If not, move again and try to get in front of them. But it's a lot of climbing, man. Hope you're in shape. That's for sure. But And listen to, I mean, Dan's been up here long enough. You know, we have whatever. Sometimes yeah. they might be like, oh, they're going to go over here. You're like, there ain't no way. But, I mean, we've seen them do it over and over, so. Well, we've talked about that because <laughs> being brothers, I was like, I'll do anything you want me to do as long as I get yeah, an elk. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So I got to put the work talk in. after this. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm not, I'm never coming back again. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is do not shoot them where Dan did. Don't shoot it way back in there like he did. It's a good spot. <laughs> it it's is. a good spot. It is. Made me a lot of money last year. <laughs> no, I think, I think we might actually go back to where we've been glassing because uh, we haven't hit that in the morning yet and i'd like to get over there because two mornings i think they were back-to-back -back mornings they were yeah. we Friday had and saturday we had two bulls each morning within shooting range from the side by well once you drop off 20 yards from the side by side so two bulls if we had two shooters each time we could have pulled the four bulls out of there in two days. Well, we did get, we got three out. We got three of them. We just only in had two one. Days. We only had one shooter the first, the first day, day when Joe got his. And so, or I, I can't remember how that played out. I think um, he got his and then maybe somebody else was there that didn't the, want that bull or something like that. The other great thing about that spot is you see so many elk from, yeah. 
from right underneath you to a mile, mile and a half out. Yeah, yep. you see a lot of country. Well, but also you learn, like, elk behavior by yep. just watching them and seeing how they move. And you'll watch them stop, and they'll disappear for a minute behind the same tree for 10 minutes. You think that elk just vanished, and then all of a sudden he's right there on the other side of the tree. And well, that was even today we were glassing, and I swore they were doing something, and I was glassing, and I swore I saw flicker. Yeah, and so I just watched it, but for about ten Nick, minutes, and Nick I was like, maybe the same not. Thing. I don't know. And then last night, I mean, we saw a mule deer. It it wasn't terribly far, probably eight hundred yards yeah, away, and it just disappeared. I mean, like we knew where it was, so we kept looking, and and Shane saw it bedded down, but they can just disappear that fast, even an animal that size within a thousand yards. In um, one little tree, and you lose it, and you might not find it again. Yeah, yeah I, I told you that last night. Lucky we caught it when we did. Otherwise, it would lay down. We never would have seen it. Yep. After uh, you, guys, if you guys do that tomorrow, I'd like to hear what you know because that would affect my plan for the middle of the week and yeah, getting down and chasing them in some of those big ravines and. I think I think we're got gonna see them. That they're in there. I think we're gonna see them tomorrow. I just don't know what I want to do first first day of the week. Because part of me wants to get down and out away from those fingers a little bit to see back up into the draws. And I just don't know where the best spot to do. I, I've got an idea, but I don't know where the best spot to effectively do that is. So uh, You know what I think wouldn't be a bad idea is the island, um, Shed Island, we're going to yeah. call it. But I think if you went out onto Shed Island and like got out to the end, you could get on the east side of it and you're kind of in a bowl there yeah and you could see all those fingers well you wouldn't see like down in the fingers but you'd see lots of new country yeah and then you could go to the west side and and there's another bowl over there you'd get to see a lot of stuff and but the problem is once you do that and you lose elevation on them you really lose your you, vantage yeah point. you really do that's that's been my biggest hesitation with not doing something like that because really the fingers on that road uh, are coming off that ridge that the roads on aren't very long not like in some of the other spots uh, where yeah, you can no. go out uh, several hundred yards but you can go here, miles on here some of it them. starts dropping off pretty quick and there's no good points to get out to and look back in uh you know where i would say would be another good one is that little hump that hunter always hikes out to oh yeah because from there you'd have kind of the same scenario where there's a bowl in on both sides of you yeah and and you still have a lot of elevation yeah. And anything that's right below you, you're it's straight below you. Yeah. That's a that's a good idea. I think And and that's there's a lot of elk. There's a lot of bulls that use the face of that mountain that wouldn't uh you can't see from the quad trails or anything like that because of all the nooks and crannies, but I think you'd get to see them if you got down in there. Well, but it, there's nobody goes in there. No, that's, that's what it comes down to. Well, there's, because it's immediate work. There's quad traffic all day long on that quad trail. I mean, it's that's there's somebody going by there every five minutes. I'll bet all day long. Yep. But if you get four or five hundred yards below it, I think there's just an oasis down there where nobody ever travels. I mean, For in sure. my ten or eleven years of being here. I've personally been in there one time, and they watched a bull go in, and they watched. He went into an area. He never came out after an hour and a half, so they dropped in on top of him, and they ended up killing him at, like, 20 yards. They they walked right up to him and ended up getting him. 
They do. But, they uh, just feel safe underneath those side by side trails. Well, I've I've trekked all over these hills, and that's the first time, the first and only time I've been down in it. Yeah. And in that section, I, I take that back because I did it with Bo. But the only two times I've been in there were to get an elk, and uh, they were probably two of the biggest bulls I've ever seen, to be honest. I think that the big bulls know that that's a bit of a honey hole. Yeah. And that they just get left alone there out of out of sight and out of mind kind of thing. Well, and I think— And they'll move. When, when all the other elk are coming back from feeding in the morning, the big bulls, the 8-, 9-, 10-year-old bulls that are— smart been around long enough and they know where to go and they know how to get to be an old bull those boys know where those honey holes are and they they disappear before sun up you don't even see them like yeah. it's a fluke to get a shot on a bull like that so but that's where that's where two of the biggest bulls that have ever come out of here came from i think uh the first one he was a giant but he broke off like right above his fourth and it, otherwise, he certainly would have been one of the biggest bulls that ever came out of here. But he was like a four by six and snapped off above his four. But he was huge. The heft that he still had was giant. And but there's there's that's a sweet little spot to sneak in on a nice bull. Yeah, I think the problem there is you're not looking for elk. You're looking for an elk. Yep. And yeah. that, that makes it a lot harder to glass one up. Like, shooting a herd bull here at this time of the year, if you shoot a herd bull, a lot of times they're your average 280 to 300-inch 6 by 6 Yeah. They're they're not the giants. And there's giants in this unit. Like, yep. this is big migration corridor. There's a lot of big elk that move through here. And I think if you're going to find one of those that it's once-in-a-lifetime elk, they're off by themselves. You'll never catch them with the, running with the herds. Yeah, the reason they're so old is because they don't stick with the rest of the herd, and people see a big herd, and they move in on it. Mm -hmm. If and there was a giant, we would have killed it last year, yep. to be honest, because you, when you had your opportunity, you were looking over 100 elk. Well, you and the thing is, last the year, last year, the thing uh, is, last year, I think I shot that bull, and he wasn't even the one making all the noise. Well, I probably heard 15 bugles over there, but they were coming from around the point, and I was looking at the smaller bull that was with mine, and then when I saw that one, I was like, oh, he's the one. But he wasn't because that that sound was coming from farther up well, that valley. And he kept bugling after you killed yours, right? Yep. They were bugling right above me. When I went over to start quartering out that elk, I had elk bugling 70 to 100 <laughs> yards above me. And Fish called me, and he's like, dude, there are elk right on top of you. I'm like, trust me, every time that thing bugles, my head, my head snaps around because it feels like it's breathing down my neck right now. All right, how many of you guys hate dealing with tangled up rope? Trying to untie it, it's all knotted up, and you actually really need it at the time. Don't raise your hands, because I obviously can't see you. But those days are long gone. Rapid Rope is a quick deploy rope solution that you can pull the length you need and cut it all with one hand. You don't need knives or scissors or a lighter to singe the end, because it's cross-threaded to keep it from fraying. Yeah, they've thought of everything. And this is way stronger than your average 550 cord. In fact, this is 1,100 pound test. It comes in a shatterproof canister that you could fit in the cup holder in your vehicle or your backpack or, I don't know, if you still wear cargo pants, any one of the thousand pockets that you have. It comes in a 120 foot canister, a 70 foot canister, and you can get a rope refill. So just in a matter of seconds, 
you could be deploying and cutting rope with one hand again. So if you want to stop dealing with the headache of untying rope and detangling everything, anytime you need to tie something down, go check out rapidrope.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. If you're an avid listener of this podcast, you've probably heard me talking about Infinite Outdoors in the past. Infinite Outdoors is expanding access for hunting and fishing on private land across the country. From whitetail hunts in Missouri to waterfowl hunts in Wyoming and pheasant hunts in Colorado, they provide access to over a million acres of private land listings for all types of hunting and fishing. Best part is, it's incredibly easy to browse and book properties all on the Infinite Outdoors app. The app is free to download and easy to use. All you have to do is sign up and you can browse over 250 different adventures across 10 states. Download the app today and use Nomadic 15 for 15% off your membership. All right, if you're not using Tacticam's reveal cell cameras on your hunting property for scouting or monitoring the wildlife, you are seriously missing out. When you pair that with the Reveal mobile app, you can see the action as it's happening, no matter where you are. In fact, I've got trail cameras up in Wisconsin on the land that we hunt. And not only do I get pictures from those cameras sent to me, I can also track the progress of the camera, the battery life, how much memory is left on the SD card, and I can see what the weather's doing at the time that a picture is taken. So I can't think of a better tool for scouting, whether it is close to home or in a totally different state. So if you want to stay tuned into the action or just get into the action, go to revealcellcam.com or tactcam.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. Well, like I said, there's, I think, you know, like we were talking about earlier, there's this kind of secondary rut. And I think by this time, those big bulls are out of here. And yep. they're, um, some of the smaller bulls are cleaning up what's left of the estrus cows. And the big bulls are already hunkered down and hiding out because they've ran this gamut for eight, nine years, like I said, you know, some of them 10 or 12, but. In, in 11 years of hunting up here, I've seen three elk that were absolute monsters. And only one of them ever was with a herd. And there was 150 elk in that herd. They'd all come through and moved through. And then he came in in the very end with one cow, one calf, and him. And he was smart enough not to be running with the herd. Yeah, because anybody, any hunter out here that sees a hundred elk and one hundred and fifty elk get in front of them, they're going to they're going to scan those hundred and fifty elk. They're going to pick the one that's their target bull, and they're going to kill that one. And that bull made sure he wasn't a part of that equation because he yep. he came through forty five minutes to an hour after the rest of the elk had already moved past that. Um, I watched all the elk move up and through a bowl and basin, and we were still kind of wondering where they were at, what we were going to do, and try to run around and cut them off. And in the last minute, all of a sudden here just appears this gray ghost. And, I mean, he was a tank. His Dang. his freaking whale tails on the end were 14 inches long. He was easily a 340, 350-inch bull. Dang. Uh, but he wasn't running with the herd like he well, was a month ago. That bull that I shot last year, he was probably three to 500 yards from all the other elk. And he was way farther down the hill. You most From most vantage points you would have never seen him and i wouldn't have seen him had it not been for a smaller bull bedded down the direction he was headed 
and they're just smart like that. But what uh, what are your guys' predictions for this week? You got any? How many how many <laughs> elk we're gonna take out? A little grin on your face. Well, I don't know. I, it's gonna be tough this year because it's a shorter season. Yeah. I mean, we usually get six or seven, you know, but a shorter season, I mean, we're gonna have to hit it hard to get in there and get get that number. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna shoot a few, but I don't think it's gonna be like most years. It's, we got cards stacked against us. Um, I mean, I don't have a short season. Yeah, I'm not going home early. Josh and I are going home early, so it's gonna it's gonna be a job to get it done. But when we're hunting with two people, that you know we can both we can both shoot. It's different than sometimes when we go in with six, seven people. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm excited tomorrow. I'm gonna, this year. I'm trying to just kind of keep it smaller and do the family thing, not yeah. try to. A bunch of people. I mean, I'm definitely gonna get out and hunt with some other people too. But with my, when my daughter's here, I'm gonna focus my time on that and yeah. spend time with her. You know, once once she's done hunting and headed home, then I will uh, join the rest of the group. But yeah, for a couple of days, my priorities get her one because that's way better than me shooting an elk. Yeah, Josh, do you have a? Uh size criteria that you're going by or are you going for any legal bull yeah because i know what i know what sean and shane will tell you probably any legal bull that a boy a i mean I, I it's i'm here to kill a bull yeah you know first that time of elk hunting i'm not gonna be picky if i can the only th- thing i'll say is <clears throat> i maybe wouldn't shoot just a legal bull if we see another bigger one that we think we can get to yeah. And that's your call. No, you no, know, that makes sense. Perfectly. So if you're like, hey, I think we can get to that one and you can get a shot at that, then I'd maybe pass that up. But if that's the only one I'm seeing, I'm going to I'm gonna take it. So take remember, the biggest one out of the ones you see. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or whatever's available. Or, yeah, give yeah. yourself some time to make a play on a bigger one if they're, if you have the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. there have been years. Um, We've had so, five by five sitting under a tree at 400 yards. Well, then. Sean spotted a seven by seven. We're like, oh, see you later. Walking yeah. around that five by five to go get that seven by seven. Yeah, we watched him forever. And I said, it was Shane's daughter. I said, Chelsea, that bull right there is your bull. When he steps out and gives you a shot, you kill him. And she goes, well, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to go after that one. <laughs> and she said, what? I said, yep, see you later. And just hiked out of there. Um, I, th- I like that Josh is going to kind of listen to me when we're out there. Because when we see a big six by six or seven by seven, I'll be like, "Dude, yeah, I, I think you should suck. hold off. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll just take that one, and we'll find you a different one." Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just remember, if it's got a six inch brow tine, it's legal in Colorado, so it could be a two point by or two by nothing, and still be a legal bull. Hey, if you so. want your money back, that's smallest bull money yeah. right there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And if you shoot it first thing tomorrow morning, you get half the pot. First, we, should, we should tell everybody first about the and bat, smallest, huh? yeah, huh? yeah. I've I've talked about it quite a bit on here, yeah. but it's it's a sweet deal. You know, you guys kind of structured it that way. Smallest gets a quarter of the pot, so that people aren't passing up elk just because of money. Yeah, you know, it, there's incentive for it, and we're all here to get meat and a big a big euro mount or shoulder mounts a bonus. Yeah. Yeah, about? it's about killing. It's about filling tags and filling freezers, man. What's your we size all, criteria? We all got though? family that depend on it. Um, yeah. For Addy, I'm I'm not worried about it tomorrow because uh, as long as she kills an elk and 
fills a tag. She's got one day to fill a tag, so I'm hoping she just gets that done and we'll figure it out from there. But uh, for myself, it just depends. If it feels right, I'm going to take it. I'm yeah. not, I don't think I'm going to pass anything up. I'm not too proud. Yeah. But also, I'm going to try to strategize and try to find a... I got some ideas where some of those big ones might be holed up. I'm going to go mess with them and give them hell. Yeah. yeah, so if anybody's listening and they need a unit that you can find big bulls right next to Durango, Colorado. <laughs> <Yeah>. They're just <laughs> everywhere. That or, you know, you down by. The truck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Los Animas. Just west of the city of Estes Park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, don't, never mind all the park rangers. They're... <laughs> They're they're there to help, <laughs> yeah, help guide you out. They're gonna guide you out. <laughs> Shane, what about you? Man, I don't care. If it's legal, I'll take it. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to have a big one, but if it ain't there. It ain't there. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'd rather fill the freezer than anything. Yeah, it's gonna be. Did Shane shoots elk that look like big mule deer? <laughs> <laughs> now, now the real question is: is what's your criteria, Dan? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be picky. Uh, early in the season, you know, I'm going to get less picky. I don't at all go by the rule, like, don't shoot something the last day that you'd pass up on the first. I'm like, no, because the season changes. If you're, if you're seeing 70 elk on the first day and a bunch of decent bulls and you feel confident that you could get one of those later on, you can make that choice to hold off. And so. But different years too. Oh, for sure. This is a different year and. And weather plays a lot to do with it. And uh, a couple years ago when we were seeing really huge elk, it was due to the fact that there was early snows in those areas that these elk are migrating from. So that that's a big factor in big elk being in this area is once, What's once the there's like? storms uh, uh, where these elk are coming from, then they start moving in here. And so those years where we've seen big elk, there was a really good winter storm like two weeks before the season hit and so all they pushed a bunch of elk and i mean that year we were covered up in them we were seeing hundreds of elk and you really had your pick of the litter there yeah but to be too picky on a year where we haven't had that cold weather and we haven't had a push to drive those elk into this unit it's kind of a a gamble to yeah. uh I, like to me my goal is a six by six and yeah. uh, um to walk past one would be pretty tough for me, yeah. for sure. Um, I'm not saying I'd even let a five by five walk. Right? I'm gonna see and that's fell freezer myself, but this year also I'm gonna be a little bit picky because I kind of said, "Hey, I'm not helping anybody this year." And in ten years of hunting in this unit, this will be the first year where I haven't showed up with somebody personally that I was like, "I'm gonna get you an elk." And I'm not saying there's not people here in camp that I don't want to help. But, uh, like, my You get goal, to hunt for yourself. Yeah, exactly. At least a little bit. I need, I need a little bit of time in the woods to clear my mind. And and uh, I want to come home a better person, so I'm going to try to do that. And, uh, you know, have some conversations with myself while I just journey through the woods. Yeah. But at the same time, we're, gonna, we're here to kill some elk, pull some shit out. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think because I'm going to be helping you, like, my, my number one goal is to get you an elk. And then after that, I'll try to hunt for myself. I'm going to I'm going to base how my hunt goes off of the first few days or up until we get yours. Yeah. So, you know, depending on what we see out there, 
my my goals might change a little bit, but I always go out there with the goal of shooting the biggest bull of my life, and yeah. I'm going to stick with that this year. I want to shoot a monster, and we'll see what happens. No, they've only gotten better since year one. Every right? year, right? Every year it gets better. So yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna do whatever it takes. I think I'm gonna bomb into some places that I've never been before. And uh, I'd look at that north or the north face there. Yeah. You know, I, I like that mount, a lot. You know the mountain I'm talking about. Oh, I do. Yeah. But they're in there, man. And the problem is you're looking, it's it's probably 10 square mile area that you're looking, and you're looking for one elk is the problem. If you want to shoot a monster, you're searching a 10 square mile area for one elk. Yep. Um, but, man, the good right news there is on there's the north a hell of side. a vantage point. Oh, that, like you can, if you find him... If you can find him and you can figure out where he's going, you might be able to get on top of him the next morning or that afternoon or something like that and be in a good spot. But that's what it's going to take. It's going to be running that quad trail and glassing from many different points. And then when you find him, just watch him till he beds down and then be ready for him either in the morning or the afternoon. So you think that's what we do is go on the north side of Horsetooth Mountain? Yep. Yep. Right there. Glory yeah. State Park. Yeah. yeah. Just yep. right there. That's a perfect spot. <laughs> no, I think I think it's gonna be good. I'm I'm excited. There's some guys gearing up to get out and uh, go set up spike camp tonight. We're gonna be heading out first thing in the morning, and uh, right now we got to get geared up and go do, do one last night of scouting before season starts, yeah, and then we're then we're scout here. hunting. We uh been here two days now and nobody's seen an elk yet. So no, saw a badger we, we, today. Here, here we are talking about having standards and we haven't even found an elk yet. We should yeah, but normally we re-evaluate. we also normally go out with a lot more people and we're out there earlier in the evening. Like last night, we got out there late. Yeah, we really didn't have a lot of time yeah. to glass. And then even this morning, we woke up pretty late because Nick and I slept by the truck the first night. Just in our cots and sleeping bags, we only got four hours of sleep that night. And so we slept in tonight. And so I feel like there's been less time spent scouting this year leading up to season. But I think if we can get up on the mountain tonight, we're going to find some milk. Yeah, I yeah. I've been coming off working a lot of overtime, so I was sleeping in this morning. Yeah. And I needed this before I go grind some more. Yeah, nobody nobody scouted this morning. Only the three of us got out, and it wasn't until we probably started scouting at 1030 or started glassing at 10 30 because we no, cause we were we on our at, way back we left at about 11 i'd say we yeah 10 we were probably out there by 10 yeah i think so. we left here just after nine where'd you guys go where we were last night yeah or? No. nothing though huh we got up there nothing. i i, I glass too late i know <laughs> i glassed for like 15 minutes and then i got a call um from the lady who was helping me blood track my deer and uh she's gonna go look again for that deer that that got away. So, um, good luck with that. Yeah, I hope you. I'm waiting. It. I'm waiting to find out. You know, it, she could message me at any point saying, "Hey, we got him," or "Nope, all clear. He's not here." <laughs> I hope you see. I hope you find him on trail cam and you get to go hunt him again next year. Dude, my trail cam isn't sending anything out there, so mm-hmm. she's gonna service the trail camera if she doesn't find the uh, the buck. I hope you find it, man. Yeah. Man. But well, let's get packed up and. Uh, Go find some milk that we can chase after tomorrow. Let's do it. All right. See ya.